Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you in Oilers Now, which is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. It is Truculent Thursday. At this time, we go to our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. We welcome back to the show Edmonton's sporting icon, one of the most popular players in Oilers team history, now Montreal-based radio host, George LaRock. Hello, George. How are you doing? Hi, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Hey, look, you played in the Quebec League. We're seeing reports that the Quebec League is going to institute a 15-minute penalty for fighting. So a five-minute major plus a misconduct, which it should be noted, at times some referees have gone ahead and done anyways. Like there's guys in the past that occasionally would do that. What's your take on that, George? Well, you know, Bob, like I'm always going to defend fighting in professional. In the NHL, guys when they're turning pros when they're 18 because it's totally different. But for junior hockey, I think it's a good idea to take it out of the game, and I'll, I'll explain why. A kid that is 16 years old is not fully developed yet. When you're fighting a kid that is much older, 18, 20, you could hurt yourself badly. And some kids have never recovered from it. Kids should learn how to fight when they're 16 or 15 years old when they play junior hockey. They should learn how to play hockey. Once you become a pro, it's totally different. You're not adult. You're fully matured. You're fully developed. It's not going to affect you when you're growing up. So I think it's a step in the right direction because if you look at the junior league all, of, all around the world, they don't permit fighting. Only in the junior league they do so. So I think that it's a good idea to do so because the idea, the, the idea that I had before is to only let 18-year-olds and plus to fight and the rest would have to play with a cage. But, at, but you know, in that league, you should do the same for everyone. So I think when a guy turns pro, it's one thing. But I think it's a good it's a good thing to do that to, to prevent guys from getting hurt. Well, we talked in the past, and you, you know, you got quite emotional about it, George, about when yeah. you fought, you wanted to fight Sylvain Blouin, and he was a heavyweight champion in the Quebec League, and you were a 16-year-old yeah. kid, and he was 19 or 20. Um, yeah. You know, I brought up a guy in the OHL, uh, a number of years ago, there's a legendary line. Well, it was a full full scale wall, and Bob Probert fought Brad Delgarno, and Brad Delgarno was six foot four. I'm just trying to check the difference in age between the two. Delgarno yeah. was uh, Delgarno's 53 now. I'm thinking yeah. probably probably would have been uh, 55. So two year difference in yeah. age, and and you know that you know Delgarno was just turned 17, and Proby's 19 in the heavyweight champ of the OHL. It's a big deal, and, and there, we have a lot of people listening to the show right now, George, that yeah. do think fighting should be in the NHL. And they think yeah. fighting should be in minor pro. And they probably, if they're a parent and their kid's big, they are probably concerned about a 16 or 17-year-old kid going to the WHL and fighting some 19 or 20-year-old. That's a, and, and I do think, George, we're seeing less fighters than ever before in junior as well. Yes, we are. And, and think about it. They're working on their development, you know. They're working on their skills. 
And that's why it's so important. That that's what you want to see. And that's why when I think about it, you know, like me, when I fought and I was 16 and I got beat up by Blue Wine, um, you know, my career could have turned out the other way. Because, you know, actually what happened, I was traumatized when I got beat up, uh, uh, Bob. I was bleeding on the ice. I've never seen so much blood when I was fighting. And then yep. I looked at myself. I'm like, okay, I can't do this. I'm never going to fight again. The only reason why I kept doing what I did is because my dad came to see yep. me in a dressing room when I was bleeding. And he told me, what are you going to do? Are you going to hide behind your mom's skirt or are you going to become a man? Because he said that, he got me. Like, it touched me and I got mad. And I said, I'm going to be a warrior, but I wanted to be a warrior to show my dad. That's yep. the only reason why I kept going, because if my dad didn't come, maybe I don't play hockey anymore. So that's how much fighting affects you. I was a kid. I didn't know what I was doing. I got hurt. But some of the kids are not as never... minded as I am. You know, well, some of the kids you... are not going to pursue it, you know? Right. And you know what, George? Frankly, there's parents today that... I mean, we parent differently today than we did 25 years ago. This is going back yeah. 25 years for you now, more than 25 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's lots of... <laughs> if I knew at 14 what I know now and the importance of being competitive and going back at somebody when a guy... You know, I played against a guy named Todd. St. Albert had an unbelievable team. They had like five guys play major, junior, four guys play minor pro, two or three guys play in the NHL, and they used to just destroy us. Eight or nine, two, George, growing up in, in Pee Wees and Bantams, right? It wasn't even close, and they'd intimidate us. But if I knew, I just had to go back at Todd Ewan and stick him back and cross-check him back. You know what I mean, George? And I didn't know that. Like, yeah, I didn't know that. Right? You, you fought him? No, I never know. Are you kidding? I was scared. I mean, the guy was just Bob Pro. Or the, the one guy that knocked Bob Probert out was Todd Ewan. Okay? You remember Whoa. Todd when he was with Montreal. And when he was with St. Louis as a 21-year-old, before Todd sort of thickened out, he had those long, gangly arms, and he caught Proby clean. But I grew up playing against Pro. I, I didn't know as a 13 or 14 year old you just have to go back at a guy and that's how you got to play you know you got to show your and that's what your dad did your dad helped instill yeah. you with that exactly. but there's there's lots of parents i had this conversation with nhl coaches i don't know if i want my 16 year old kid having to potentially get caught in a line brawl with a 20 year old it's a valid point that you bring out george very valid point uh george i got news for you the montreal canadians george yeah they could be pretty good next season. I mean, they got a goalie in Jake Allen. They've added another defenseman in Joel Edmondson who they've signed. They got Petrie signed to a long-term extension. Their top four is going to be pretty good on defense, and they got as good a one-two punch and goal as there is in the league. Yeah, but actually, there's something missing, Bob. There's something missing because right now, a defense and a net, they're okay. But what they need now, they need a forward. They need a forward to play in the right wing with Suzuki to, to have a top two lines because that's what they're looking for right now, and that's why they, they want to use Domi to do so. So they're not done yet. Petrie said that they need more offensive punch because right now in the right wing, only Gallagher is there. Gallagher, if you want to have a good team, should be a second-line right winger to play with Tatar and Dano. If they're your, if they're your second line, then you have a pretty good one-two punch combination. So right now, the team is in a market to get this right winger to play with Suzuki that could be identified as your number one line. That's what everybody's looking for, and that's why they're working towards it. So we'll see what's going to happen, but that's the goal right now, and Bergevin is shopping, is shopping really hard to find, to find that guy. 
What are your thoughts on Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Well, what do you think? I think I think he's, 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 a, he's a good skill player. He's, a, he's pretty good and stuff, and he's fast. And, you know, he fits well with, with dry sidle. There's a connection between the two guys when they play together when, when McDavid was hurt. So I think that the others, they have to keep him. Because right now, the others are looking for right winger, like for wingers to play with McDavid yep. and dry sidle. And we don't know if Pogliarvi, if he comes back, he's going to fit in there. So, you know, would the others want to take a gamble because they have to make the playoff and they have to check next year, right? So I think he's, he's, a good, he's part of the good supporting cast of the wingers that could be part of the solution in Emerson. I got to know him more the way he played and appreciate him more and more. So I think the others should keep him. Yeah. Uh, Connor Yamamoto's smaller guy. You mentioned George LaRock. How much has the game changed in regards to size uh, I mean, were there were there really good smaller players when you when you play that just didn't get a chance that maybe today do, George? Oh yeah, there, there was tons of them, man. There was tons. Of, it was so much harder. I remember Martin saying, "We guys like that, you have to be gamer to play in the NHL when you were small back then." But now, when you look at everything now, because the game has changed, it's more accent on speed. So it's totally different. So if you're a small guy, they take more and more now because they take they look at skills more. They look at guys that, that are gamers more. So it's not the same as it was back then. So that's why now you can take chance and you can take a guy like like like, like Yamamoto that could have success because game is less and less physical. But again, if you have big presence like Kaskian or, or Ryan Reeves, the teams are more reluctant to be physical against your small guys. So that's why Cassian is so important in the lineup, like Ryan Reeves is important in, in Vegas. You look at Marsha, so I was chirping the other bench, and he was saying with Reeves, you can do whatever you want. So that's why, yes, you can have small guys at the side, but you need that imposing forward that will impose respect still. Yeah, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, when this text comes in, it says Stamkos is 30, Hedman's 29. They just won their first cup. Patience, folks. Hard for Oilers fans to hear patience because, you know, the team missed the playoffs 12 out of 13 years prior to this season. But should fans, George, be patient because the Oilers do have McDavid and Drysaddle down the middle? Well, the thing is, the, uh, you have the best two centers in the NHL, so it's easier to surround them than to actually find the two best centers to play for you. So now the others, they just have to surround them, and they're young. If they were 30 years old, I would be worried. But because they're so young and they're not even in prime yet, people don't have to worry because, you know, the future is good in Emerson. They need a goalie, maybe one defenseman, and, 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 and wingers. And, and that's what time will come because I think that, with what happened during this crisis and guys playing Edmonton, guys got to appreciate what Edmonton was like and the fact it's a safe city to play there, how great that it is. So I'm thinking it'll attract free agents, guys that want to play with McDavid, guys that want to play with dry saddle. And in the future, things look really bright in the future. George, uh, you had a great relationship with the fans here. I think Zach, you mentioned Zach Cassian. I think he missed the fans during the playoffs. Did it seem like the same when you watched the games without the fans there? Well, we're the type of guys that we need fans with the way that we play because we bring energy to the building. We bring excitement with the way that we are, the way that we play. And it's so important to start a game because that's how you elevate things. That's how you create momentum. That's how you do things. So that's why when I look at that, the way that he was, you know, guys like us, energy guys, we need fans to do our job. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think, I, I, 
with with Zach Cassian, I've got an appreciation. I think it's a little tough to judge a guy on four games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He got moved off that line with McDavid and Dreisaitl, or with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins fairly quickly after one game. Uh, and then when Edmonton picked it up in the final eight minutes against Chicago in game four, Cassian was out there flying. I, I To me, he's still an important guy. You need the thing about Cassian. He's not slow. He's a big man that can skate, George, as well, right? Exactly. So he yeah. can get in oh, on the yeah. forecheck. Uh, did you have to keep your head up for a guy like? I mean, I know, like you're George Larock, you're the heavyweight champ of the NHL, but did you have to keep your head on a swivel if a guy that was six foot two and two hundred twenty pounds could really skate? Well, for me, no, but for other guys, yes. <laughs> you know, like, I know guys didn't want to hit me, so it, it was not the same. You can't really compare my situation because guys didn't want to get me mad. But still, a guy that is escaped like that in today's game, yes, you got to keep your head up because now it's a fast game. Guys are smaller. They're not as big. There's not every, like, teams are looking for guys like, like Zach Cassian, a guy that could play in top lines, that, that could play anywhere, and that, that could skate, that's fast, that hits, that has the edge on them. You know, you need guys like that. It makes a big difference. It gives you room. You know, it makes the guys feel safer. So I got to appreciate him way more than what I saw him in Montreal. He's a completely different player than what he did in Montreal. And for Edmonton, he's a crucial part of this team. Yeah, it's interesting. What do you think of Miles Wood that plays for the New Jersey Devils? Do you like him? Yes, I love that guy. That guy with the edge that he plays on, the aggressiveness, he's a small Claude Lemieux. I love this guy. That guy's a gamer, and I would take him. I would take him on my team any day. Yeah, it's interesting. Hey, by the way, <coughs> you said nobody ever ran you, George. Didn't Ben Eager run you once, and then Gary Roberts too? Yes, he did. Yes, it, yes, he did. He ran me once. I wasn't looking, and then and then when I went down, I went after him. He turtled like he turtled me, but then he went with <laughs> with Robert that that ragdolled him. So uh, yeah, that that happened once. You're right. The one uh, time it happened, you remind me of it. <laughs> well, no, but no, but George, like you didn't get, he'd never fight you, right? Even afterwards, he'd never even go near you, would he? Exactly. He, no, no, uh, no. So when you and I remember that game because that was a game loop you, you, you know, you know what I never understood is after all that that happened, Edmonton gives him another chance. Yeah, well, they, they I, never, I never understood that. So he gets, uh, in that game, it was a high-scoring game. Loop led three goals and six points. There, this was at the height of the Pittsburgh-Philadelphia. I mean, you played in Edmonton and Calgary, but with all due respect to Edmonton and Calgary, those teams were not of the caliber of Pittsburgh and, and, and Philly. How nasty was that rivalry, George, between Pittsburgh and Philly? Oh, man, it was insane. Like, every time, like, I knew, like, I had to fight Raleigh Cote and guys like this. So I didn't mind it because he's a smaller guy and I wasn't nervous. But I got to learn how we we had to hate Philly, and it was very physical series. But obviously, we had the edge, Bob, because, you know, what are they going to do against me? What are they going to do in Philly, right? So I had right. fun playing Philadelphia because I was intimidating them. I could do whatever I wanted. Sometimes I would tell Terry and put me on the ice, even though it was mocking and Crosby, and he knew what it was going to do. He would laugh and go on, and i do whatever I wanted. So I slid and bear on once. Mark Andre Biro. I remember when I slid and I ran into him. I ran him. Nobody did anything. So, yep. yeah, I knew what the rivalry was, and and I could do whatever I wanted. What I remember that game, uh, where uh, you know Eager took the shot at you when you weren't looking, and then you you tried to get at him, and he turtled, and then next shift Roberts beat the crap out of him. I remember in the penalty box. You were chirping Ben Eager. What were you? Were you saying, "Hey, you got beat by a guy that's old yes, enough to be your dad"? By grandpa. By your grandpa. <laughs> I, I said all that stuff, and he just had his head down. He was embarrassed. 
They got, uh, they got released after that. The Flyers released them. They were so embarrassed that they released them. They're yeah. like, my God. If a, if a grandpa beats our tough guy, how much respect does he have? So he was gone after. Uh, in, in fairness to him, he won a Stanley Cup in Chicago, George. I mean, he, yeah. he got he was a fourth liner, but he won a cup in Chicago. George, we love yeah. having you. Hey, wh- one more. Our listener, a couple of listeners have asked over the last couple of weeks on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. We we know that you had COVID. Uh, they want to know how you're doing right now. How are you feeling these I'm, days? I'm, I'm doing 100%. I run a half marathon every weekend, and I'm training for my third marathon. I'm 100%. George, uh, I walk the dog every day, and so that's a half marathon after a month for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's honesty right there. All right. Hey, love having you on, George. Thanks, bro. Anytime. All right, that is George LaRock, uh, Edmonton sporting icon. 149 at Edmonton. We'll get to uh, lots more texts and those sort of things when we return on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. 150 in Edmonton Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. There's also the meat lovers, both exceptional pies to this day in Oilers history. And it's connected to yesterday's This Day in Oilers History. Back in the 630 Chad Studios is Brendan Escott. This was a pretty easy one for me. On this day in 1998, one year and one day after signing Drake Barahowski, the Oilers trade him... Greg DeVries and Eric Fischo to the expansion Nashville Predators for Jim Dowd and Mikhail Stalenkov. Neither player uh, registered a point for Edmonton that year. All right. Um... Uh... <laughs> oh, you have a some something about Mary reference that I don't quite understand, but I'm now going to have to live up. You can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Fletch from Calgary for Leaf fans. Connor McDavid and Leon Settled combined for a cap hit of 21 million per season. Both have won the Hart and Ted Lindsay trophies. Austin Matthews and John Tavares combined for a total cap hit of 22.6 million. Neither of them have a Hart or Ted Lindsay trophy in their career. Just saying. Uh, yep. Uh, I would say this, in fairness to Toronto, um, they had some tough co- uh, divisional matchups, losing to Washington and Boston in the playoffs over the years. Mikhail Stolenkov, as many of you know, was a goalie. Uh, that should be noted. So, uh, hey, goalies can get uh, assists. And, you know, we know that comes with the territory. Bob, OEL would be a here, – here we go. Uh, OEL would be a great mentor for Broberg. Again, Darren Dreger reporting that Edmonton uh, is not a market that uh, would be targeted by OEL's camp uh, on the no-trade list. Um, Elliot Friedman adding, it's his belief Boston and Vancouver at the top of that list. Um, This text comes in from the other Spectre. Hmm. Interesting handle. Is Darnell Nurse overrated or asked to do too much or a role he isn't uh, perfectly suited for? His place suffered with heavy minutes during Clefbaum's absence. Well, Clefbaum missed three weeks. 
again, played 62 of the 71 games. Ironically, he played 55 minutes um, in back-to-back games on a Saturday and Sunday and then came out of the lineup to get a procedure done. We believed it was on his shoulder. Bob, did George, didn't George run you once? Yes, he did run me, and he sent me a proverbial you-know-what over tea kettle, I believed. Uh, that is the term that gets uh deployed keep texting us on our ashley fine floors text line we literally have hundreds of texts that have come in many of you love having george on the show (laughs) wow just trying to work my way down some of these texts so brendan here it is i mean we're basically a week out lots to still occur here bob any chance that taylor hall makes a return to edmonton Something, I mean, the Oilers, as it stands right now, Edmonton does not have a lot of cap space. Just keep that in mind regarding Taylor Hall. I did have somebody suggest to me, you know, maybe the move for the free agents is to sign two-year deals because the cap is is 81.5, 81.5 for the next two years. Maybe that would make more sense. We'll have to wait and see. Coming up uh, tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, I know I will be joining Reed for a segment. What else do we got shaken, Mr. Escott? You will hear from uh, one of the draft analysts, in fact, probably the lead draft analyst on Sportsnet, Sam Cosentino. Um, Blue Jays play-by-play voice, Buck Martinez, and Canadian country music artist, Gord Bamford. You were in a stacked lineup there, my friend. Yeah, there we go. Uh, tomorrow, we'll have Elliot Friedman for the River Cree Resort Casino and NHL Hockey and Rogers. Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting, Tyler Wright, will join us at 12.35 tomorrow. My play-by-play partner, Jack Michaels. Are we going to talk about the Cleveland Browns being 2-1? and one? Also, in this day in Oilers history, should mention... Wayne Gretzky had his jersey retired here in Edmonton. That was a pretty significant event in 1999. And I'll say this once, I'll say this a hundred times. Never will you find a more modest man. And as great as a player as he was on the ice, for those of you that have had the privilege of meeting Wayne off the ice, you know he's been a better guy off of it. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell. And then off to the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jay Lynn Nye. Have a terrific Thursday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.